Serving the people of the Hudson Valley, St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital proudly presents another edition of Doc Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. Have you ever felt so tired while you were driving that you actually nod off? Drowsy driving is becoming as much of a major public health crisis as drunk driving. And here to tell us about Drowsy Driving Awareness Week and the implications of drowsy driving is my guest, Dr. Anita Bola. She's the medical director of the St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital Center for Sleep Medicine. Dr. Bola, tell us about Drowsy Driving Awareness Week. Hi, Melanie. Thanks for having me back. Um, so as you know, we moved our clocks back one hour this past weekend. It was, wasn't it wonderful to get that extra hour of sleep? Well, here's the thing. I'm not sure if we all actually took advantage of it. Uh, the days will be getting shorter and it's getting darker earlier. Um, and drivers, um, you know, adjust to this, this end of daylight savings time uh, with, you know, there's been increased traffic accidents that have been reported as drivers are adjusting. Um, so this podcast is actually very timely because as of today, November 5th, 2018, um, uh, this kicks off the National uh, Drowsy Driving Prevention Week. Um, as you know, this this is actually held every year uh, in sometime in November, and it's uh, it's a National Sleep Foundation public awareness campaign uh, to educate drivers about uh, sleep uh, sleep safety, and, and this goes on the whole week with all kinds of campaigns. Um, you know, as you know, dry, drowsy driving is one of the most dangerous problems involving traffic safety, and we keep hearing about, you know, all kinds of uh, crashes, uh, whether it's the Amtrak or, or the FedEx uh, um, uh, truck. Uh, we keep hearing about all kinds of uh, drowsy driving-related uh, 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 accidents, Estimates have shown that about 60, more than 60% of working Americans have admitted to driving while they're feeling sleepy, and almost 40% actually falling asleep at the wheel. And and this was these are from stats from the National Sleep Foundation from almost 10 years ago. So the numbers are actually getting worse um, than the previous estimates. And there were studies done by the uh, AAA Foundation of uh, Traffic Safety uh, that have shown that. Uh, um, drowsy driving involves um, almost one in six deadly crashes, and one in eight crashes will result in hospitalization of the driver or the passenger. So this is a real major problem. Um, now, um, So how does drowsy driving compare to driving under the influence, Dr. Bola? Speak about fatigue versus alcohol. Sure. Um, so like, um, like alcohol and drugs, uh, sleep loss or fatigue, it impairs uh, driving skills such as, you know, your ha- uh, hand-eye coordination, uh, the reaction time, your, your performance slows down, and this is sometimes detected in the lab in uh, using driving simulators. So being awake for 18 hours uh, or more is equal to a blood alcohol level um, a concentration of uh, 0.08, which is the legal limit for being called drunk in most states. And um, it, Staying awake for 18 hours or more is just as dangerous as excessive drinking. Now, the the paradoxical issue is that, you know, we have a breathalyzer that can reliably measure the patient's uh, person's state of intoxication. However, we don't have any objective way of assessing somebody's um, state of sleep deprivation, and this makes it difficult for the police to know if drivers are actually able to or fit to drive. Um, I believe there's some research coming out of the U.K. developing a blood test that will enable them um, to actually be looking at biomarkers of sleep 
um, to see if a person is sleep deprived. Who do sleep-related crashes most commonly affect, doctor? Who's most at risk for drowsy driving? We would typically think truck drivers, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, but that's not always the case, is it? Uh, No, that's not always the case. So actually, most um, drowsy driving crashes happen between midnight and 6 a.m., uh, when the need for the body's need for sleep is the greatest, or they occur in the mid-afternoon when we have this afternoon slump in our circadian rhythm. And typically the driver is alone. It could be a long, rural, boring, uh, you know, dark road, or it could be a, a highway, a single vehicle just veering off at high speed um, and uh, just drifting off and hitting a stationary object at very high speed. So in addition to being Anybody who is sleep-deprived, obviously, is at high risk uh, uh, for drowsy driving. But this one um, category that really deserves mention is young people. So almost 55% of drowsy driving crashes involve drivers that are less than 25 years of age. Um, And we went over this in a a previous podcast that... uh, uh, these drivers, 18 to 25 adolescents, they're, you know, especially males, they tend to stay up late, they sleep very little, their biological clocks are delayed, they have overpacked schedules, they're also inexperienced drivers, they're starting to experiment with drugs and alcohol, um, they could be texting, sometimes they drive at night, and it's, it's, it's interesting to note that actually traffic crashes are the leading cause of death in young people in the United States, and that is that is really sad, and that's something that's totally preventable. And uh, driver ed courses, you know, they seem to focus so much on distracted driving and don't drive while, uh, you know, don't text while driving, but they don't really cover drowsy driving all that well, and I think that that should be emphasized. But in addition to young people, shift workers are at risk. So anybody who's working a night shift or a rotating shift or working, you know, um, more than one job or working more than 60 hours, and this could include doctors, nurses, police officers, they're at risk for drowsy driving. And the risk is actually um, the highest when you're driving home after work. Um, And then commercial drivers, as you mentioned, Melanie, uh, are at risk uh, for you know, drowsy driving-related accidents, especially those who are long-haul drivers. Um, and uh, there is a higher incidence of sleep apnea in these patients as well. Now, in addition, anybody who is undiagnosed, who has an untreated or undiagnosed sleep disorder, such as obstructive sleep apnea or narcolepsy, would be at risk. And as a sleep specialist, I see this a lot, and I always ask, um, and I'm looking for uh, symptoms of drowsy driving, um, uh, during my consultation. And then also, uh, business travelers, um, you know, who, um, you know, could be getting off a plane, let's say in Europe uh, in the morning after having, you know, um, um, spent the night in, in a plane and, and are sleep deprived, are experiencing jet lag as a result of traveling all these many time zones, uh, should be should be cautioned and not start driving immediately as soon as they get to their destination because they would be at risk for drowsy driving. How do you know, Dr. Bola, if you're drowsy enough to fall asleep behind the wheel or to be impaired enough to cause an accident? Are there some warning signs of sleepiness or fatigue? And then does things like coffee help? Right. So the problem is that most people actually don't realize how sleepy they are or they're in denial. And, you know, the point is that when you're driving um, at uh, 70 miles an hour, um, you know, just just four seconds of a lapse in vigilance or what we call microsleep. Microsleep is just a few seconds of sleep that occur during the day. Um, that is enough at that speed 
for you to cross the length of a football field and result in a drowsy driving-related crash. So the warning signs uh, which uh, we should all look out for would be, you know, do you have difficulty focusing? Are you yawning frequently? Uh, are your eyelids drooping? Do you have blurry vision? Are you rubbing your eyes uh, and, and have a hard time keeping your eyes open? Uh, you know, is your, is your head bobbing? Do you have trouble keeping your head up? Um, and and then also drifting from your lane. This is this actually. Um, uh, if you drift from your lane, a lot of the highways actually have these rumble strips now. So if you start driving over the rumble strip, you know that could be a, a very clear warning sign that you're drowsy because you're starting to veer off. Um, tailgating somebody driving too close or rear-ending somebody at a traffic light um, could also be signs uh, that you're drowsy and um, you know need to rest. Or if you're missing exits or missing signs. Does coffee help? Uh, oh, yes. Yes, coffee does help to some extent. So, you know, one or two cups of coffee will alert your, will increase the alertness for several hours. It does take about 30 minutes to enter the bloodstream. Um, so, but it does help, yes. And what's the recommended amount of sleep people should get to be at their best behind the wheel? Um, so typically seven to nine hours for an adult. And uh, for for teens, it would be eight and a half to nine and a half hours. So as we wrap up, Dr. Bola, what can a person do to reduce their risk before they set off on the road? And what are some of your best tips to remain alert while driving? Right. So um, before you set off the road, just make sure that you get a good night's sleep. Don't drive if you're sleepy. Um, Avoid any sedating medications. Read the labels very carefully. You know, if you're on antihistamines that are sedating, you know, that could be a problem. Um, uh, Don't drink before you drive. And if you're really sleepy and you need to get someplace, you know, get a ride home or have your parents pick you up or take a taxi or use public transportation. Um, and then if you have symptoms of uh, a sleep disorder, such as snoring or daytime sleepiness, you need to talk to your doctor about uh, getting evaluated and options for treatment because you may have a disorder such as sleep apnea that could be causing the drowsiness. Now, um, once you're on the road, uh, the way you can remain alert while driving and, and prevent a crash from happening is if you're on a long trip and once you're on the road, um, try and take a break every 100 miles or every two hours or so. If you're traveling with somebody, switch drivers. Um, and, um, you know, dry, drowsy drivers often feel that they could roll down the window or they could just have cold air blow up their face or, you know, sometimes I've heard patients say they slap themselves in the face or they chew gum or they turn the radio on. But none of these have actually really proved to be helpful. It's very, very important to recognize the signs of drowsiness when you're on the road or even before you get in the car um, and just absolutely refuse to drive if you're sleep deprived. It's that simple. Um, And if you're already behind the wheel, and you realize that you're nodding off and you're a long way uh, away from home, uh, find the nearest rest area and pull over. Um, uh, you cannot continue driving. You just have to pull over and, and drink some coffee uh, to keep yourself alert um, before you take a, short, take a short nap, maybe a 20-minute or 30-minute nap to get the benefits of both the caffeine and the nap um, before you can start uh, driving again. And if you're if if you're still sleepy, you just need to find the nearest motel and check in there, especially if you're um, driving through the night. So really, the, the, the motto should be never push yourself. Drive alert and make sure that you arrive uh, alive on the other end. Um, you know, there are also um, these road signs that uh, are going to be 
um, you know, they're the whole week. Um, uh, you, you pay attention to these because they, they actually warn you against the perils of drowsy driving. And I wish they were there the whole year, actually. Um, and then lastly, you know, there are some, the automobile industry is coming up with some alerting technology. Some of the cars have, you know, um, um, a steering wheel angle call assist, uh, attention assist and, and other uh, gizmos out there that are, um, you know, geared towards prevention of drowsy driving related um, accidents. It's great information and so important for people to hear. And they can listen to this podcast before they go driving so that they will not get drowsy and make sure to be well rested before you drive. Thank you so much, Dr. Bola, for joining us today. This is Doc Talk presented by St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital. For more information, please visit stlukescornwallhospital.org. That's stlukescornwallhospital.org. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.